Is this something that the bank could take possession or ownership of and make it liquid right. and get, get their funding back from that perspective? But it, it you're, you're right. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical asset that the loan's mm-hmm. for. It could be, I need to hire more people. I'm looking to scale my business up to the next level, but I don't have enough funding to go at least for the first year or something to fund payroll for these eight people or 10 people that I want to hire and I need a loan to get me started with it till the work that these new people do starts bringing in more revenue and then I could pay off that loan mm-hmm. kind of thing. All right, number two is there's an organization within the federal government called the Small Business Administration that was solely created to help small businesses. You know, there's a there's an understanding to keep the economy going and keep the economy strong. You need small businesses that are functioning, profitable, and as well as getting started to help keep driving the economy for the country. So, I don't know, was it in 40s, 50s, 60s, the SBA was created and is a mechanism as a lending arm out of the government for businesses that don't meet the criteria that banks typically look at. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. My name is Andy McDowell, one of the co-hosts, and I have the distinct pleasure of having my my co-host, Zach Levy, with me today. So good to see you, Zach, as always. Good morning. Good morning. Great to uh, be here as always. So you may hear that little cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching in the background. No, you really don't, but just saying it. We're going to talk about money. things. I wasn't sure. No, we're going to talk about money today. We thought it was... Subject that we really hadn't covered here on the podcast yet that that needs at least a good overview, and that is, you've got a business plan and you you think you've got the makings of success for your business, but you need some money to go make some things happen. How do you go about finding some funding? Well, I mean, before we dig in, I think the importance of this is for for an individual, for a business, for anybody, money is usually one of the most stressful things to think about. Right, yes. having enough, getting the funding. Where is it coming it's just from? The biggest tool that you need to be successful, right. right? I mean, we all go into business to make money, but saying it takes money to make money, right? So yeah, you can't wave a magic wand and have your business start and be successful, right? Be amazing, at least not in this world. <laughs> no. 
So how do we how do we go about that funding? What does that look like for for different businesses, for different really even individuals in different situations, contexts, things like that? Because I mean, business we've always talked about isn't one size fits all. It's not cookie cutter. Right. Right. So different different thing goes different strokes for different folks. Well, businesses are in different cycles or in a different spot in the business cycle, right? So depending on where you are in that cycle will sort of drive what's the best method, if you will, to get funding for your business. And so we're going to take you through not only a list of the six typical ones, but where in the business cycle does this particular type of funding make the most sense? Mm-hmm. You know, given the parameters and the collateral needed and those type things for that particular type of funding. So, once you start us off with number one, so I think the this is kind of like a well, yeah, that's kind of obvious. But one would be bank loans, right? And it's a great source to go to. It's familiar. It's right there in front of our face, advertised all the time, right? Exactly, and. You know, the good thing about going through a bank is they can offer multiple different forms of working capital, Mm -hmm. right? So whether it be just a term loan, lines of credit, specific equipment, vehicle loans, anything you need for that business, the the flip side to that is typically there's got to be established business credit. There's got to be established collateral Collateral of some sort. In other words, if you don't make money and aren't able to pay the loan, what could the bank take take from you as collateral in exchange since you can't pay the money back they need something else as an asset they could take and sell to get their money back right that's just well it's not so much in a personal home loan but business wise you typically have assets available to you that they could take and sell and make it liquid and be able to get as much of their money back as they could so this particular type of funding is best for businesses that are already started and therefore already have assets in place. Or if the loan is needed to buy assets, then the assets that you're buying would then become the collateral, right? In other words, if you needed a vehicle and they're giving you a vehicle loan, then the vehicle itself is the collateral and the bank would possess or repossess the vehicle from you to sell it to then get as much of their money back as possible. Right. Or in in certain situations, they might require, let's say you're not actually purchasing something tangible. It's just a working capital loan, right? They might require- Operations or- Right. Other things as, as collateral. So existing things that you already have as assets- Sometimes for a business, even mm-hmm. the business owner's personal act. And then another one you see a lot could potentially be things like life insurance, et cetera, that could be held for collateral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just something that the bank could take possession or ownership of and make it liquid right. and get, get their funding back from that perspective. But it, it you're, you're right. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical asset that the loan's mm-hmm. for. It could be, I need to hire more people. I'm looking to scale my business up to the next level, but I don't have enough funding to go at least for the first year or something to fund payroll for these eight people or 10 people that I want to hire. And I need a loan to get me started with it till the work that these new people do starts bringing in more revenue. And then I could pay off that loan mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
All right, number two is there's an organization within the federal government called the Small Business Administration that was solely created to help small businesses. You know, there's a there's an understanding to keep the economy going and keep the economy strong. You need small businesses that are functioning, profitable, and as well as getting started to help keep driving the economy for the country. So, I don't know, was it in the 40s, 50s, 60s, the SBA was created and is a mechanism as a lending arm out of the government for businesses that don't meet the criteria that banks typically look at. So a lot of startups, mm-hmm. you know, that may not necessarily have anything that they can put up as collateral for a bank. The SBA would be a good item to look at as funding to get your business off the ground and started. Now, I think, not an expert in this, but I think banks are used as the process mechanism to get you that the physical money. And therefore, you may have to work through a bank and the SBA. The SBA is sort of the backer or the underwriter of the loan and provides the money to the bank. But the bank is the go-between that help facilitate the process and get physically get you the money. Right. From that perspective. Now, with SBA to to go get that, though, I mean, again, you don't have to meet the standard criteria that most businesses do for traditional bank line of credit or loan, but you still do have to have pretty decent criteria credit-wise. I mean, a minimum credit score usually of about 690, and then be able to show a strong plan for revenue and things like that. Yeah, I think you actually have to have... Two- be two years in business mm-hmm. to qualify. So, so to this, take my comments back, it's not great for a startup, but for a young company. Yeah, somebody that's it's a almost a scale up loan is what I would look at it as. Right. But you may not necessarily have the assets of collateral, minimum assets of collateral that a that a bank is looking for. Right. The SBA takes on a little bit more risk than a, what a traditional bank does. So, and I think a lot of people became familiar with the SBA through the uh, COVID pandemic with the PPP loans and everything like that, that the SBA actually did. So again, that, that arm is of the federal government is to fund and push up small businesses, help them grow, stay afloat, stimulate the economy from a quote unquote, not completely bottom from kind of a bottom up approach. Right. So. And if this is something that does interest you. You don't you don't call up an SBA office. Just go to your local bank and ask if they work with the SBA. And if they do, they they'll facilitate the process mm-hmm. of the application and so forth. And sort of like a sounds sort of like a mortgage process, right? They have a mortgage company and they have an underwriter that underwrites the loan, and the mortgage company's actually does the processing and paperwork and application it's almost that kind of right it's almost theme. expecting a similar process yeah so of course the bank is like the mortgage lender per se and right. sba is the underwriter right much like fannie mae and fannie mac is underwriters of loans the banks give out on the mortgage side so then what if you don't qualify for sba 
right? What if mm -hmm. you don't have the revenue? What if you got some shaky credit, a few dings on your credit report, things like that? And it's okay. There's no shame in that game. Most of us have been there at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, acknowledging that is the first step to recovery. But there's the online loan approach. Now, these are online lenders that, of course, aren't doing deeper underwriting, things like that. So you're typically able to get an easier application process, faster funding, because there's not mm -hmm. that drawn out underwriting process like you were mentioning, Andy. And then we get that turnaround oftentimes, usually within 24 to 48 hours. Right. But. But. <laughs> big but. The, the, well, the reason why they can have a shorter process and so forth is that the, the lender is willing to take on more risk and therefore doesn't need as much information to mm -hmm. understand their risk assessment. But in exchange for that, you're going to have to pay a lot higher interest. Right. Higher risk, higher High interest, risk, high right. return, high, high interest. I mean, that's that's true on any loan, just something, if, if you're newer in the business world, right? I mean, I do know more startups that go this route because they don't have any established credit, things mm -hmm. like that. It's it's very, very similar to, well, if you've got crappy credit and try to walk onto a car lot, they're not going to give you that advertised 0% for 72 no. months. No. <laughs> yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Right. But this might be a mechanism that you, you know, for example, for the first two years to get yourself mm -hmm. going and prove the business model and be successful and then Hopefully, you can pay off and terminate that loan and turn around and then go after an SBA or a bank loan if you need more funding to scale up or keep yourself going. So, it, you know, an analogy might be somebody that's coming out of college and going for their first car loan and so forth and doesn't have much work history or payment history with credit and debt. Right. And so forth. So, they're probably going to pay a higher interest rate in the beginning until they establish a a credit history and success and employment and so forth. And then the next time they go to uh, buy a car, or buy a home or whatever, they can go for a different type of loan because they have that established credit history and history of employment and therefore get up. I don't know if you want to call it a more traditional method of financing for that asset mm -hmm. and pay a much lower interest rate. You know, it's just a natural part of life. Right. You know, so this is a natural part of business. All right. Number four is a small business grant, which offer a way for business owners to get established or grow without having to worry about paying back the funds. So because this is a grant, there's no expectation for you to pay the money back. It's, I hate to call it a gift, but it's a, it's a, Somebody has funds available to them that wants or sees the vision that you have and, and believes in it and thinks it's going to be successful. You know, obviously you have to go through an application process and they have to see what you're trying to accomplish, what the good is for the marketplace or the community or the country or the world. And from that standpoint, they're willing to give you a grant to help you get started. Right. Uh, with no expectation or burden, if you will, on your financial books or on your business to have to pay it back. It's a little bit like Nirvana, but <laughs> there's not a lot of them around and it's a little bit of a needle in the haystack, but it is a method out there available to you if you can find. And generally, I think people well, that offer grants are doing it in certain industries or certain 
criteria requirements that you would have to meet certain kind of affinity groups right right? so there's small you know small business female small business association companies that offer grants to female small business owners Mm -hmm. different minority groups veteran groups all kind of things to help these certain demographics or affinity groups help fund without the burden or expectation of having to pay it back or go through credit checks, things like that. Mm-hmm. The the but on this one is they're you know a lot more few and far between than a traditional loan, right? Because yep. again, they're gifting money basically, and because of that, everybody wants it. So you're probably right. going to have a lot of competition, right? You get a lot of competition, and there's in the business world, right? We're all here to make money. So there's a lot more funding entities out there that are in it to make money, not to give money away. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are the struggles there. So it might be a longer hunting process and even application process because they're looking through so many different applicants that are trying to get a piece of that pie as well. Yeah. I wish there was more, more of this around for businesses, but it is what it is. Right. Usually it comes from, philanthropic organizations believing in a certain thing that betters the world. And so they're willing to give away money for a certain cause or certain businesses that are attacking a certain problem in the world from that standpoint. All right. Number five, over to you. So credit union financing. So this is very similar to a bank loan, right? In the sense that Credit unions often function very much in a parallel, but with a more personal touch to a bank, mm-hmm. right? And recently, credit unions have actually taken a step to increase small business funding more so than they used to. Than you know, the old school credit union used to be just personal banking, basically, right? Right, and they've gotten more into the business world to and, a certain membership, right? You know, like the Navy Federal Credit Union that caters to na- right. current Navy personnel or, or right. veterans. Our Delta community used to be just Delta employees and their right. families. Now they're open to the public. Right. But growing up in Atlanta, that was a you know commonplace. But with them being community-based, it I mean, you've got to find a local option that's there to you. They're not typically going to go out of their way to not fund, to fund, excuse me, something that's not contributing back to that community. Right. Yeah. If you have a credit union that's in, in Atlanta and is worried about their immediate vicinity community and you're a business in Dallas coming in to look for a loan from them, they may just tell you to go away because they don't see how you're, unless you can demonstrate how your product and service is really going to help the Atlanta community because of focused efforts that you're doing with your business, they're more, they're more likely just to say, sorry, but, can't do it. Right. You know, from that standpoint. All right. Last uh, but not least is crowdfunding, which is relatively new, you know, compared to these other methods is relatively new in the world. Right. And it's somewhat like grants, but it's not really money that you have to pay back, but you have to... You have to sell your idea to the general public mm-hmm. and say, if, if this is a product you think is really going to be beneficial in the marketplace and would be 
successful and offers something to the world, then we, we'd ask that you give us $250 or $1,000 or something of that nature. This is like a volume kind of thing. We're hoping, right. you know, like a million people see this and they each give $10 or whatever. And well, and for lack of a better term, it's got to be to to the general public, if you, you know, really want to get the funding through this source, it's got to be sexy, right? It's got to be something that appeals to interest. a large market mm-hmm. and you can really, really demonstrate how it's going to, how it's going to pop, how it's going to be beneficial, how it's going to generate value for the consumer, because then they can see the why behind why they're investing in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've really got to do a good job at demonstrating that. Whereas with bank loans, traditional loans, things like that, it's demonstrating the bank, hey, here's my credit. I've got these credentials and here's my business plan to pay this back. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, it has to be sexy. Even have to attract people that go, well, I don't really have a need for that, but I could see where a lot of people would. And that's a pretty sexy idea that I didn't really think about. And yeah, I wouldn't mind throwing in ten hundred dollars or something see what you do with it and i've been seeing an increase in sponsored ads for crowdfunding for new startups on things like facebook linkedin every year it gets more and more popular you know but you know they put a very attractive video or picture out there you know invest in this product that's going to revolutionize this industry things like that and i think you know a lot more startups are trying to go this way if they are Although I, all these ads I see, they are claiming to be a disruptor. Yeah, it's sort of like the underdog, mm-hmm. right? Where we're a startup, we've got a great idea, but we're having difficulty raising funding, or at least funding that makes sense for us in the long term right. with the financing deals. Can you help out this underdog here and just get us started? And once we prove a, a year or two... Um, of success or whatever, that's then going to enable us to have credentials to go these other five routes that we've talked about in this episode. But we just need that catalyst to get us started and the idea out there right. and start gaining some interest in the market. And we just need need your help um, getting over the hump. Right. And this is often people actually taking an ownership stake in the company. It can be rewards like that. Yeah, so, there's some security rule. Right, security, and that's uh, one of the, the asterisks on right. this, that making sure before you start going into crowdfunding that you understand the- What the ask is. Right, what the ask is, making sure you understand the you know securities and investor laws behind mm-hmm. it, because with, with FINRA, with the regulators that really oversee this type of stuff- that could shut down a small business. You could get the funding, not follow the laws exactly, and then this could collapse on you as well. So making sure that you also understand that. I mean, they all the different types of funding work. Crowdfunding is a great space because, again, it's it's more offering ownership or rewards in your business. It doesn't necessarily have to be ownership pieces. But it's almost like a... On a small scale, an, an IPO, if you will, but not actually out on the stock market. Yes. Well, IPO and stock market has connotations behind it. You're buying ownership. Right. Some percentage of ownership, which the crowdfunding can have right. that possibility. But everything else that we've talked about, 
the banks, the SBA, all those things. Nobody's asking for ownership of your business from this. This is strictly just a loan environment where somebody loans you money under certain conditions and you pay it back unless it's a grant. Right. From that perspective, you know, getting into some crowdfunding and, and or an IPO offering ownership pieces is a little bit different than what the intent of this episode is, but it's out there. Now, another one that we haven't talked about is the whole venture capital mm-hmm. piece out there where you're looking for investors, you know, much like a shark tank right. kind of environment where you're offering up a certain percentage of the ownership of the business in exchange for some capital funding to help you do what you need to do. And that's not the purpose of this episode to dive into that, but just to acknowledge that it exists out there as a funding mechanism. Right. That's a that's a whole different ballgame. That's a whole different world. <laughs> because you, you you're going to have to do a lot of marketing and a lot of selling of your business plan and why and you feel like it's going to be sick. Often offering, as you see on Shark Tank, just as an example, because mm-hmm. it's visual to people who aren't in the and business available world. Available to the... Exposure to the general public. Right. You can watch a TV show. And right. That's the only reason using that example. But right. as you see, oftentimes asking for large sums of money for a large ownership stake in their company. Right. So it's often giving a large piece of that pie up to get funding to launch that business forward. So it does get into a completely different world. Um, and a willingness uh, on your part as a startup business owner to give part of the ownership away. You know, there's... That's where risk management comes into play, right? What, what kind of risk are you willing to take, right? So you're going out for a loan at a bank. You're, you're wanting to retain all ownership. All the risk is on your plate. Right. Whereas with a venture capital type thing, you're sharing, you're, you're sharing the risk with somebody else. And because of that, that's why they want all the details of your business plan and everything to understand and assess the risk mm-hmm. before they give the money over. Risk is everywhere. <laughs> your personal life, business right. life, risk is everywhere. And I don't know that it gets talked and talked about enough out there about risk. Anyway. Well, we hope you enjoyed um, this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast that we got something out of it, a little nugget at least. Maybe there were some funding mechanisms you weren't aware of that came, came out of this, in this list that you might consider now. But if you found some value in this, we ask you to a, hit that follow button with the word subscribe on it. Share it with others that you think might need um, exposure to this information. And you might just be here for entertainment. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe you just need some people to listen to. I don't Not know. the time. Unless you're driving down the road with something. I don't know. <laughs> but just a little plug here, too. If you are in the Atlanta area and looking for business funding, reach out to either Andy or myself. And you don't. if you don't know where to turn, we do have... Some very, very good people in our network that, mm-hmm. that could help with that. Very knowledgeable, education-based, great people. They do this type of funding and at the very least could give you some helpful advice if they could right. help you out. Exactly. So with that being said, thank you for, for spending your time with us, your support. We appreciate it. And like, like Andy said, just help us continue to generate more value in this world by giving us a, a follow and a share. And we will see you back here next week. Have a great week. Have a great day. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, 
I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Thank you.